Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. love you. Look at you all. I just saw and I was praying over you all, just precious stones, like beautiful pieces of this church, you know, and know that God just places you there, perfect, and builds his church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome woman of God. This morning, I want to speak about being healthy and strong. Christmas is upon us. It's a wonderful season, but it's also busy, isn't it? Has anyone been busy this last week? I have been very, very busy. We've had lots on this weekend. We had the big Southwick family do yesterday. You know, when you, the one where you get all the cousins who, by the way, didn't come. I don't know what's that all about. <laughs> Some of them came. But all the aunts and uncles came and all the grandparents came. And so we had a, we had a lovely time and... You know, went swimming and we've had Christmas parties and end of year staff parties and you've got to buy the prezies, you want to decorate the tree, you've got to, you know, do all this thing and plan Christmas Day and cooking and who's going to bring what. It's quite busy. And then we've got carols. So we've all been practicing the carols. I've been getting mad texts from Bethany. Mum, mum, we need the chords for this tune. I'm like, oh, where are they? Quick. And we're all singing and it's lovely. It's wonderful. But it is busy. And this scripture has really been on my heart lately, and it's from, from Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. So I love this scripture, and I feel the Lord's been speaking this to me. Just don't, don't grow weary in doing good. And that word weary is ekakio. Now, kako is the Greek word for evil. So this is a very strong, I, I think weary is a little soft in our, in our tongue today. It's, it's more like bad. Don't go bad in doing good. Don't go, it's like a piece of moldy fruit, you know. Don't, you know when people say, I am sick and tired. It's that kind of tired. It's not like, oh, hard working, I'm a bit tired. It's like, I'm over, I've, ha- I've had enough, I'm over it. I'm just like, that, it's, that, it's, it's the off kind of tired. And, you know, we're all apt to get a little tired sometimes doing our duties and we need to guard against this. We need to make sure that we don't get tired because sometimes, and you think, but you're doing good, this isn't, this is when you're doing good things. Don't grow, don't go off while doing good. But sometimes when we're doing good things, we can, we can just get tired. We can get over it. I was thinking about loving 44 years. Do you ever just go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm a bit tired. I mean, you do. I, I, well, maybe you don't, but sometimes I'm like, oh. You know, it's a bit tiring sometimes being married to the same man. You know, he can... It can be a little dark. <laughs> Look, I 
have a fantastic husband, but I know a lot of people who talk about who are sick and tired of their husbands or their wives or their neighbour or their co-workers like, oh, I just can't bear this. My mind, we're like, oh, I've had enough. You know, we can, we can actually be tired of loving someone because sometimes giving to some people is very tiring and some people are not easy to love and so we can get tired of loving. We can get tired of working, obviously, and serving Tired of studying. I mean, I know that feeling, you know, at the end of the HSC, it was just like, oh, couldn't wait for it to be over. University just seems to go on forever and ever sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're studying. Some people be are tired of just working, just, just doing the lawns. Man, I've been mowing lawns. I don't mow any lawns, but some people mow lawns. <laughs> I got to tell the classic story. My husband mows lawns. You know, he runs when he mows the lawn. Like, no, 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 he runs so fast mowing the lawns. And of course, one day Eleanor saw someone mowing the lawn walking when she was little. Like normal people, you know, just mow the lawn like this. I've seen other people who mow the lawn. They just push it along. And Eleanor thought there was something wrong with their lawnmower. She's like, "What's wrong with that lawnmower? It's so slow. That person has to has to walk." She thought that lawnmowers were these fast things, like this. And she thought, look at that guy's lawnmower, it's so slow, I don't need shit, that guy can walk behind it. So that, <laughs> I thought that was rather sweet. But, you know, you can get, you can get tired of mowing the lawns. You can get, I mean, boy, we babysat um, three of our grandchildren the other day, we only have three, and we're overnight, so two of them for two nights and one of them for one night, and... Uh, Okay, I just forgot. I forgot. It is such hard work. I was just like, wow, how, how did I do this? I had four children. I mean, I'm like, wow. I just wanted to, I thought, I've really got to support our parents. I've got to. <laughs> it's really hard work looking after little children, isn't it? And just one, like just one of them wasn't, didn't want to stop crying. That's just enough. Just why. So I had a broken arm at the time, so it was like, I couldn't even, the poor girl, she got a bit donged because I couldn't, sort of, couldn't burp her properly. But, you know, just one crying baby. It's hard work. So you parents, well done. Well done. And if you are, you know, if you ever feel lonely in the holidays and you don't know what to do, get to know a young family and become their babysitter. Like, seriously, give them a break. Like, just, just offer your services. You will be much loved and you will be welcomed into that family. So, you know, you can and, – and that's – you know, you've got to make sure that you don't have that sort of attitude when you're raising children. Like, oh, I'm just – I've just had – I'm over it, you know, crying all day. It's like, this is a blessing. I felt that – I just felt that tiny little temptation, like, oh, I just stopped crying and went, wow, you know, wow, that's, that's the devil, isn't it? to make us grumpy about these precious, precious children. So some people will get tired of being on the roster, you know, tired of serving at church, tired of singing. I remember in Russia we met um, Billy Joe Doherty's music director. He's a lovely American pastor. He's with Jesus now. And uh, he brought, he, he came every, Billy Joe used to come every, every once a month for 18 months, he came once a month and he had these huge citywide uh, crusades. And he would come in and he would preach his heart out all for the whole week. And then he'd race back on Saturday night, preach at his church on Sunday, and then have three weeks at home and then do it again. And he did that for 18 months. And so, 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 so many Russians got saved. 
I just love him so much. And I remember he went out, he took his, he, he got all the pastors together and he took all the local pastors for lunch in the middle of it all. And, uh, and we were young missionaries in St. Petersburg at the time and we were so blessed to be with, he was like a bit of a bigwig, you know, a bit of a fancy pastor. And he, we would join in. And after a while, the Russians were like, yeah, we don't want to go to lunch with him. And I remember one time we went to lunch and he booked out this restaurant and no one turned up except us. And we were like so honoured to be with this amazing man of God. And we just thought he would just say, you know, no, I'm exhausted. He looked exhausted. Chris said, no, no, mate, you can go home to your hotel, have a break. You don't need to have lunch with us. And he went, no, no, no. And he sat there with these young pastors and he just, tell me about yourselves, Chris and Ruth, you know. And he listened to us and I talked to us and I was just like, so, so blessed. But, you know, he didn't grow tired of serving the Lord and all those people. And I met his music director and I remember said, so you're, how long have you been his music director? And he said, 20 years. And I had never heard of a music director that served for 20 years. I was like, wow, (laughs) a 20-year music director? I thought music directors sort of came and went every couple of years. He just served for 20 years and I remember thinking, I want that. I want that. I want people who serve in my church for 20 years. And guess what? We've got that. I can see someone on the front row who does that right now. He's been playing for 20 years. And I and I'm just that's that's what you want. People who don't get tired of serving God. They just keep going and going and going like Tony Cherkoff. Just keep going. And that was his son. They got, you know, volunteer of the year. Son's copying in his walking in his father's footsteps. What a great example. If you're older, your children are watching you. They'll follow you. So get it right. We can be tired of seeking God. We can be tired of believing for something that just doesn't seem to be happening. You know, we're praying and praying and praying and it's not happening and uh, just give up. So I want to talk about how to stay, not, how not to be sick and tired, but how to be healthy and strong. Okay? How do, you, how do you keep serving for 20 years, 30, 40, 50 years? How do you stay married for 44 years to the same people and still enthusiastic? How do you do that? So I'm going to just throw out a few things that I've learned along the way. And the first thing is just to decide. Decide. Your will is so powerful. Believe it. You know, he just says this. I love it. Paul just says, do not grow weary while doing good. And he, he repeats it. it. The exact same verse is the same in 2 Thessalonians 3.13. Don't grow tired while doing good. I'm going to explain it, but Paul doesn't. He just says, don't, don't grow weary, don't go off. And we're supposed to go, okay. You know what I mean? Because why? I'll tell you why. It's the 10th commandment. I've got this revelation about the 10th commandment. So we've got 10 commandments and God tells us what to do. Love, you know, no other idols, love God only, don't, no images, keep the Sabbath, don't blaspheme, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't steal. And then the 10th one, do not covet. Don't, covet means to want. It just means want. Don't really want something else from someone. I, I, I really want a husband. I, I, want, a, I want a husband like that. I, 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 want, I, I want that piece of jewellery. I, I want that. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. He says, don't do that. Okay, that's coveting. That's that's wanting things for those things. It's materialism, and he's saying, "Don't do that. Just be happy with what you've got." And yeah, sure, you can say, "Oh, that'd be nice," you know, if I get that, that'd, that'd be lovely. Obviously, we're allowed to desire in a healthy way, but not like covet. I, I got to have it. He says, "Don't do it. You, thou shalt not covet." 
The 10th commandment is about what we think and what we feel. All the other commandments are what we do. Don't murder, don't kill. This one goes even deeper to the very inside of us and says, your thoughts and your feelings need to be right. Interesting. God goes even deeper. So you can just look like the perfect Christian. I'm not murdering or stealing or committing adultery. And you can be coveting. And who would know? Because it's deep inside of you. And God is saying, don't do that either. So God expects us to be in control of our thoughts and our feelings. And it's right there in the Ten Commandments. So all of, that's why Paul in the New Testament, he, doesn't, he knows because God has commanded. If God commands, you can do. You young parents know. You, you know, I'm, I'm not telling Havelock to do his piano practice. He's not up to that yet. You know what I mean? He's barely up to know at this stage. So you, you don't command a child to do something until they can do it. So God is commanding us to think and feel right because we can. And that is why Paul says, don't grow weary. And so that is what we need to do. We need to know that we have the capacity to make that decision. We need to just take a deep breath. And grit your teeth, my mother used to say. Just grit your teeth like this. And do it without having a bad attitude, without going off, without being tired. I was rather, had a very big day last Tuesday. And, uh, and then my, my husband rang and said, oh, my nephew's coming for dinner. And I, and I had that moment because I wasn't going to do any dinner. It was like, geez, I'm toast tonight, guys. I'm tired. Like, you know, when you're night, you know, girls, it's like, I call it get your own, get your own, (laughs) just get your own, whatever. And so I just had that moment. I just went, I just gripped my teeth and went, okay. I haven't seen the, I mean, he's a sweetheart and I hadn't seen him for ages. I couldn't just, he couldn't just arrive and say, get your own. You know, I had to cook for him. So that meant going to the shops and buying something and organising. I was like, oh, I'm so tired. But it was like, I just gripped my teeth and went, okay, come on, just do it, Ruth. You can do it. And I did. I cooked a nice meal and it was actually lovely to see him. I'm so glad that I did that. But that's what we have to do. We have to make a decision. Not like, kind of, oh, great. I didn't sort of say, oh, great. Well, I'm very, none of that. Just, okay, just grit your teeth, go to the shops, buy some food and cook. I'm not going to die, you know. Just do it. Don't, because that, and that scripture came to my mind. Don't grow weary in doing good. It's a good thing to cook dinner for your nephew and love him. That's a good thing to do. If you're watching Richard, hi. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a good thing to do. What else are you going to do? Go home and watch TV? You know what I mean? Why not push that a little bit further? So um, God is good. He doesn't give us too much to do. We do sometimes have busy seasons. And if you're having a busy season, grit your teeth and get through it. But if we are walking in obedience to God, our life will be nicely balanced, actually, I have found. Some Christians are very busy and always exhausted. And that may be because they are serving their own ambition. And they are refusing to be submitting to what God wants them to do and doing more. It's just a fact. I see some people, I think, you're just doing too much. You might be doing it for God or not, but some of them, I'm so exhausted because we've got this, 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 and I think, hmm, okay, well. So, you know, if your life is not balanced, you might get overtired. But if you listen to God, you won't. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.1, Therefore, because we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. There's the word again, ekakio. 
because we have this ministry. We have mercy to do this ministry. So we do not go bad. We do not, he just said, we never give up. Listen to all the translations. They're all trying to get it right. We do not lose heart. We never give up. We don't throw up our hands and walk off the job. <laughs> that's the message. Like, oh, that, that's it. I'm, I'm out of here. I like that one. Uh, the passion. We don't quit or faint with weariness. Amplified version. We don't get discouraged, spiritless, and despondent with fear or faint with weariness and exhaustion. So that's what we do. We just don't. We continue to serve God cheerfully. Like Mitchell Cherkov, our volunteer of the year. What a great, he's so cheerful. I love it. Like, you know, they were at a wedding yesterday, people that they didn't know, just serving away. Mitchell's up the back doing sound. Just Leah's there with him. They're both great. And just loving this new couple and figuring out songs for them and just, you know, he's just got a great attitude. Um, So the first thing is just decide to control the inner man. You can do it. The next thing as part of being healthy and strong is to rest. (laughs) Plain old-fashioned rest. God has organised a thing called sleep. Uh, He's planned a Sabbath. We're meant to have one day a week free to worship him and to love him. He he organises holidays. The Old Testament has seven major feasts and... Two of those feasts are for a week each in a year. That's interesting. So the, the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, are both for a week, followed by the Passover. And there were other special feasts. There was a seven-year feast. There was the Jubilee Feast after 50 years. God was really into holiday times. He arranged it for his people. So make sure that you arrange your holiday times and have fun and rest. Sometimes we get... Sometimes we are in, tied in a healthy way and then we move over to being tied in an unhealthy way because we're not dealing with just everyday tiredness, you know, like going to bed. So let's get that sorted out. We need to be honest before God. Sometimes we are sick and tired because we're in sin. Listen to what Spurgeon says. Children of God cannot sin cheaply. Sinners may sin and even prosper, but those whom God loves will always find the way of transgression to be hard. How cool is that? It's so true. It's like, you know, look at these people out in the world, the stuff they get up to, and they still seem to be doing all right. And we just do one little, one little thing wrong, and it's like, because God loves us. He's not going to let us get away with things. He wants us to have just a great attitude. Now, as you know, recently I broke my hand and I like to think about things and I don't know if it was a result of sin. I have no major sin in my life. But there are always ways that we can be more beautiful and holy before God, right? So I felt disciplined and I didn't, you know, get a word from God about some deep sin, but I still felt discipline and I felt a desire to be more right with God and more, more pleasing to him in all ways. And this scripture, Psalm 51.8, Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. 
Yeah, right? I was like, wait a minute. I looked it up in every version I could. The bones you have broken. David wrote this psalm after he committed adultery and murder, Psalm 51, and he was repentant. And he spoke about broken bones. There's nothing in the text that he broke bones physically, but bones speak of deep structural issues. And David had deep structural issues that were broken and in his sin. And he lost, for the, for the period of time between his sin and between the birth of that child that was born of that sin was nine months. And in that time, I doubt very much that David wrote any Psalms. I doubt very much that David felt the joy of the Lord that he was known for. I doubt that he played that harp. I think he probably felt terrible. And he just gritted and bare, feeling horrible and sick and tired and bad. Until Nathan came and spoke to him and he repented. And this is what he said, make me hear joy and gladness. It's like, I, I can't, can't hear the joy anymore, Lord. I've, he'd lost it. I can't hear the gladness. And for David, it was because of sin. So... Maybe that's an issue, you know, maybe there's a battle going on in our lives and we need to be honest before God and, and mend that and get right with God so that, that we can hear joy again. And then we can have this scripture, Psalm 34, 20, which David also wrote, he protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. It's like those two scriptures seem in contradiction. But if we're in the right place with God, our internal life is strong. So we can be honest before God and deal with our own sin and then we won't be so tired. We need to deal with our own sin before we can deal with the sins of others. I read this thing, mend the men and society will be mended. If you change the environment and place sinful men in the same place, it will soon be as bad as the last place. We need to be righteous if we want our society to be righteous. If we think that we can just change society and then everything will be good, it won't, it'll be exactly the same again. Believe me, I've lived in Russia. The communists, they really thought they were onto a good thing. They thought, let's change the whole society and then it'll all be good. Everyone will be kind and share. Not. It doesn't work. We, we have to change if we want to see our society change. And if we want to see other people change, we have to Help them and there will be opposition in this. So Hebrews 12.33 also speaks about this weariness. It says, Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood and have you forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. So sometimes we are, we are disciplined by God. Maybe you feel like you've got a broken bone or something and we have to honestly go before God and trust. He says, don't, even in dealing with our own issues, sometimes we can be tired. I'm like, I'm over me. But he says, no, 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 don't, don't be weary and discouraged in, in your soul. Just keep going, keep fighting, keep believing, keep, keep changing Keep trusting. He's working on me by grace. <laughs> I've been saved. I'm not going to be tired about my issues or my husband's issues or your issues. 
I'm going to stay sweet and in faith and believing and not be discouraged because, you know, there is discipline and there's this stuff that goes on in this life. But, but Jesus, consider him. He was always joyful and he endured terrible things, terrible hostility. But he stayed healthy and strong and joyful to the end. Praise the Lord. My father, John Southwick, he uh, had a viral condition in his heart in 2020, right in the middle of COVID, and it required intravenous antibiotics. So he went to the hospital and he was there for six weeks in hospital. And uh, he's, you know, 86, very healthy, very slim, and he likes to do his exercise, mild exercise. He didn't feel too bad in hospital. He just had this virus they couldn't get rid of, so he had to get rid of it. So I went to visit him. He's such a darling man. And, he, and I said, how are you going, Dad? He says, oh, you know, I'm a, a little bit bored. You know, I can't get much exercise here. I've got this thing attached to me, you know. So what he did was he was in the sand, and the sand has a rather long corridor. So the corridor is, I think, 10 metres long. So he decided to walk at 10 times a day. So, no, the corridor was, excuse me, the corridor was 100 metres long. It was very long. So he did 10 a day and he kept a tally and he showed me his tally. So he became the funny old man in his dressing gown that just walked up and down, pulling the intravenous thing up and down, up and down, up and down 10 times. All the nurses got to know him as this man just walked up and down, up and down, up and down every day to get his daily exercise, as you do when you're in hospital. You know, you want to get your exercise, you've got to go up and down, you're not allowed outside. It's COVID, not many visitors, so up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. So he showed me his little tally, you know, he's just like so cute, my dad. Anyway, he eventually did 150 kilometres in that hospital. 150 kilometres. I'm like, Dad, that is just so classic. It's a classic John Salpick. 150 kilometres walking up and down with an intravenous drip. I mean, who does that, you know? But he did that because he just wanted to keep going. And I thought it's just a great story of perseverance and patience and positivity. Like, I mean, you can be really miserable for six weeks in hospital with very few visitors in the middle of COVID. Like, hello. But he, you know, is naturally a fairly positive guy and he just kept going. So I thought, well, come on. If my 86-year-old father can walk up and down a hospital, <laughs> what can we do? You know, whether we're feeling a little weak, a little older and, and not so strong or whether we're still young and strong. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Let's not, and now let's read the whole scripture. Let us not, to verse 9 and 10, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. We're going to reap a harvest. There's results. So this scripture isn't just about, oh, don't get tired because, don't get tired. It's like, don't get tired because there's a harvest. There's a reason we exercise. It's not just because we want to walk up and down. It's because we want to feel strong. There's always results. So we choose to stay positive and strong and healthy because we will reap if, 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 if we don't lose heart. We don't give up. If we give up, maybe we don't reap. But if we just say, no, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep playing that keyboard for the next 20 years. Good on you, Sarah. You know, I'm just going to keep going. Because I'm reaping a harvest. We already see it in their life, in, the, in Sarah's life. We see it in our lives when we reap these beautiful harvests of, you know, children and blessing and homes and all sorts of wonderful things that the Lord blesses us with. And so it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, 
Whenever we have an opportunity, whenever we have a chance, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of faith. So what I love that. There's a real acknowledgement of the importance of church, the importance of this family of believers. It says, so let's just keep, every time we have an opportunity to do good, let's do it to everybody. But then it says, especially, especially your church, because we know one another and we're family and, they're, and, they're, and it matters that we're together and that we love one another. So this Christmas, everyone, you've come to the end of a, a year. Let me encourage you to be excited about next year, about next year's working and moving forward. Let me encourage you to be excited about celebrating and giving presents, not, not to be sick and tired or despondent, but to be healthy, to be strong, to be in faith, to be sweet and beautiful. Hallelujah. God bless you. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I just thank you for your energy, your honesty, your presence over everyone today here, Lord God. Father, you are our strength and song. We find our strength in you, Lord God, and we turn our hearts to you right now. I just want everybody here, if you're feeling, if you are feeling a little off, I just want you to look to the Lord and allow Him to replace, replace that with His strength and His energy right now. I just want you to experience a supernatural exchange. God will do that. He will give you right now. Just, just say any area of your life that is tiring you, allow Him to bring strength and energy and love into that area. Father, we thank You for Your strength in our life. We continue on serving You. Jesus' mighty name, I thank You for that transfer. I'm really aware of that now. I want You to do that. I want You to lift up Your heart to God, church. Thank You, God, for a transfer. Thank You that we are a people of faith, people of energy, people of, of beauty, Lord God, beautiful people, beautiful people, holy people, joyful people, Father, joyful. Jesus, hallelujah. hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.